James Finnis, head of UK Agency, and Andy Harding, head of UK Industrial and Logistics, sat down to discuss the key changes afoot in UK real estate. In the third and final episode of our series, James and Andy discuss Sterner Energy Performance Certificates, EPCs, and its impact on refurbishment efforts. We also look at how offices are getting unconventional as new knowledge sectors seek out smarter space. So just thinking about the drivers for change and how we will see space uh, going from one use to another, I think there are a number of reasons why we're going to do it. We've spoken about the employee side, we've spoken about occupier demands and what their drivers are, um, uh, and we've spoken about it from a sustainability perspective. I think there's a, a couple of other drivers that we, we should perhaps touch on. Uh, the first is the changing EPC position, uh, and obviously that's part of uh, sustainability. But I do see there will be some office buildings, perhaps particularly in the regional market where the uh, the ERV, that rental tone, is a little bit lower, where it's going to be very difficult um, uh, to refurbish this space uh, and put it back into economic use. Um, you know, to make the development appraisal stack, you're going to have to put in a lump of capex. I think for me, I look at how that could push and encourage space uh, into an alternative use. That feels as though that could be quite a strong driver. Have you looked at that from a, an industrial logistics perspective? Well, firstly, uh, just perhaps just touching your first point about EPCs, just um, because obviously that's quite a live topic at the moment. Um, and we'll have to sort of see how that's going to pan out. But you know, just to uh, reiterate you know, where, where that sits at the moment, um, yeah, you know, EPC rating's got to be a C by 2027, but actually technically it's 2025 is when you is the sort of point where that you've got to start looking at it, if nothing else, and then B by 2030, but really 2028. So um, you know, at the moment, uh, I think uh, back in April 2018, you, you had to have at least a EPC rating of an E. I think it should absolutely brilliant bit of legislation to be honest because buildings need to be fit for purpose buildings need to be uh, at that level you know ensuring that their energy performance is is correct and and, and so I'm, I'm all for that and I think that actually both landlords and uh, occupiers are both of the same mindset I think they're they're all going in the same direction there what one of the really interesting things is what will actually happen uh, to those buildings that are they, 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 you're never going to get them to a, to a C or a B. And I know there are some loopholes there, but you know, I do think that that's going to be um, you know, a game changer for some estates, some, some buildings which are, you know, they're, they're now they're almost not fit for purpose. So you know, is that going to bring forward new development? Um, I think it, obviously it will do. But what we've been talking about all the way through this podcast is... Um, repurposing those buildings it might be that they're, they're, they're actually they're not industrial buildings or in the wrong location and it might be turn it to resi turn it to you know, leisure other other opportunities so i think uh, there's going to be quite an interesting moment where there's going to be a, a a group of buildings portfolios whatever that are actually going to have to be repurposed and i mean that that you know when we're talking about 2025 we're in 2023 now we are literally you know i'm sure that some of our clients and i have to be honest we haven't actually started that that discussion with that with a number yet but we do need to start doing that as to what is the future of these buildings because the cost of actually getting them to a to a c or a b is actually probably going to be unviable 
And I think the, the question mark for me there is around demolition and new build feels as though that should that, that's got to take a back seat because we've got to look at in the embodied carbon we've got to look at what's already uh, there what's in the ground uh, what's in the frame and how can we best reuse that space uh, uh, reimagine the space and find that right economic use for it um, and as we've discussed there could be many different solutions for that and uh, to create that ecosystem that we're all striving for for me it is it's driven by the right use. It's going to be driven by uh, the market, of course. Uh, but I think JLL have a very key important part to play here because, as you say, we're getting ready for this early, as we were with the previous EPC deadlines. You know, we're aware of what needs to be done. There are relatively few refurbishment and redevelopment cycles before the legislation bites. And as you say, 2030 is earlier than that. And real estate, as we were discussing, takes time. It takes time to get, uh, uh, you know, the uh, the plan in place. It takes time to mobilise on site. It takes time to do the work. So this is something that we've got to get going with early. Uh, I look at it from, uh, you know, an offices perspective, and I say it's finding that right use. What what are we going to do in this space? What's going to drive value for the client? Uh, what's going to drive the right uh, demand profile? Uh, and then physically, what can the building uh, accommodate? But I think for me, that the legislation. In the same way as we saw it with permitted development rights, uh, we saw a reimagination of some of this old office stock. Uh, I think in the same way we'll see a reimagination of perhaps office stock, uh, of retail space, uh, and in some instances perhaps some industrial and logistics space, which for whatever reason is not quite fit for the market. Um, maybe that goes to film studio, maybe that goes towards a life sciences, maybe it goes to a GMP use, um, and is, you know, heavily invested in with uh, so that the, the product is appropriate for the marketplace. But it feels as though that moment is now um, because from a development cycle perspective, as discussed, it takes such a long time to get going with these pieces. Uh, we need to analyze the portfolios early so that the investor can get ready and get their plans in place to actually go and deliver it to work out what the market's going to need. So, so James, just taking that a bit further, in in terms of some of the the, the office buildings that, that you know that potentially are sort of almost getting to the end of their their, their life cycle because actually possibly um, dictated by this EPC um, rating requirement what sort of uses do you actually see because uh, you know um, from the industrial perspective uh, I don't want to belittle my product, but yeah, they, there's a steel frame building which we can take back to the frame and perhaps do some really innovative and some great new buildings. You mentioned life sciences. You know, we're, we're certainly talking to the life science market within the industrial sphere all of a sudden, which is really exciting. We can play around with some of the buildings and perhaps make them higher and perhaps self-storage might be uh, might be quite a good use if it's in the right location but for you and and that office market what sort of alternatives can you see if it is not gonna if you think that the office building in that location isn't actually appropriate going forward I think we've we've spoken about the knowledge sector because um, I think we've got to look at life sciences life sciences has clearly grown extraordinarily uh, over the last few years um, I look at the other uh, uh, clusters within the knowledge sector, you know, computer gaming. Um, I look at, you know, the space sector, who've been very strong, uh, quantum computing, which is growing. Um, you know, there's a number of other clusters around the country uh, um, uh, that are growing. They're, the product typology that they want 
is not pure offices. You know, we're, we talk about in silico uh, um, uh, uh, R&D from a life sciences point of view, you know, going through the AI route rather than the in, um, in vitro, uh, where they're there with their, uh, you know, doing it physically. Um, but my sense is that this R&D space is not conventional offices. Uh, and you and I grew up in a world slightly post uh, the use glass order. Um, uh, but I think we will see more of a return to high tech space, you know, high tech, mid tech, where people will be either coming up with bright ideas or adding value through a process. So they will be creating and constructing on site. So I think we'll see this, we'll have office space absolutely where the workers are and they're innovating. Um, but I do see space where we're actually on a on a high tech scale, manufacturing uh, or creating new ideas, um, uh, because I think that, that high tech space for many years it was in the wilderness. We just didn't have it. Uh, part of that was an offshoring piece. Part of it was because perhaps offices threw out a higher value, and therefore we went well. The high tech space, you know, the production space, the R and D space was converted to offices. My sense is that we're going back into a market where people want to shorten their supply chains. Uh, they want to they want to come up with a smart idea, uh, you know, here. Uh, that's part of our culture. We want to innovate. We want to come up with this new uh, piece of IP but that we can uh, then monetize. My sense is we'll see more demand within that high tech mid tech space uh, that will sit somewhere behind, uh, between you know manufacturing and yeah. R and D. Um, but I think occupiers. Occupiers don't necessarily do that in office space, but I think that then allies with the other uses that we'll put in there. So it will be amenity space mm -hmm. uh, to give the employees somewhere to go and to collaborate, as I say, with another business. You know, if you look at the, the highly successful uh, locations, places like, you know, Harwell, um, that works incredibly well because you've got very strong clusters up there, mm -hmm. but they innovate together. You know, someone comes up with a smart idea and it flips into energy tech, energy tech talks to space. There's a bunch of different pieces. And for me, it goes back to that word, and I've used it a number of times in this podcast, about the ecosystem. You've got to create the right ecosystem uh, for the employee and for that business to grow with them.